Welcome to Forgotten Events. I'm your host, Katie. Tonight's segment will be brief, but I just had to do it because those that can remember the 80s and MTV will get a chuckle out of this story. It really is kind of funny. I couldn't pass up doing it. This is the story of Max Headroom hijacking. The Max Headroom signal hijacking occurred on the night of November 22nd in 1987. And what happened was the television broadcast of two stations in Chicago were hijacked in an act of video piracy. A video came across the air with an unidentified person wearing a Max Headroom mask and costume accompanied by distorted audio and with the corrugated metal panel just swiveling back and forth in the background. This was an attempt to mimic Max Hedrum's background effect that he did. Now, if you don't know who Max Hedrum is, you probably aren't old enough to remember the 80s and MTV, and you probably won't appreciate this story, but it's pretty funny. Max was the host for the MTV cable show, and of course, he was an artificial intelligence figure. The first incident took place during the sports segment of WGN-TV's 9 p.m. news broadcast and lasted about 25 seconds. During this intrusion, the person in the mask swayed radically and was accompanied by a strange buzzing noise. Once the interruption was over, and the signal returned to the airwaves, WGN sports anchor Dan Roan commented, quote, well, if you're wondering what's happened, so am I, end quote, and joked that the computer running the news took off and went wild. The second incident occurred about two hours later during WTTW's broadcast of Doctor Who. And if you don't know about Doctor Who, I don't know what to say. But anyway, that interruption lasted for about 90 seconds. The masked person spoke and made references to Max Headroom's endorsement of Coca-Cola, the TV series Clutch Cargo, WGN anchor Chuck Swirsky, and quote, all the greatest world newspaper nerds, end quote. Clearly a reference to WGN's call letters, which stand for world's greatest newspaper. But here's where it just gets crazy. The video ended with the person's exposed buttocks being spanked by a woman with a fly swatter. <laughs> and here's where I will take a pause and allow my listeners to pick themselves up off the floor from laughing. Because I just, I had a hard time researching the whole buttock moment. Anyway, the image faded briefly into static 
And then viewers were returned to the Doctor Who broadcast. Now, if I were watching that and that happened, I'm really not sure what I would think. I would probably think it had something to do with the Doctor Who show. Anyway, technicians at WTTW Studios could not counteract the signal takeover because there were no engineers on duty at that hour of the night. And according to station spokesman Andrew Yoakum, technicians monitoring the transition from their headquarters attempted to take corrective measures but couldn't. Air director Paul Rizzo recalled that as the content got weirder, we got increasingly stressed out about our inability to do anything about it. As you would expect, the phones were ringing off the hook. By the way, here's how they believe this whole thing happened. The intrusion was achieved by sending a more powerful transmission to the two stations broadcast towers than the stations were sending themselves, which was a difficult task in 1987, but was possible before American television stations switched from analog to digital signals, and that didn't happen until 2009. Experts have said that the intrusion required extensive technical expertise and a significant amount of transmitting power, and that the pirate broadcast likely originated from somewhere in the line of sight of both stations' broadcast towers, which, by the way, were atop tall buildings in downtown Chicago, one at Sears Towers and the other atop the John Hancock building. But no one ever claimed responsibility. In the years since, speculation about the identities of Max and his co-conspirators has centered around the theories that the prank was either an inside job by a disgruntled employee of WGN or was carried out by members of Chicago's underground hacker community. And I got to say, your host is kind of going with the disgruntled employee theory because I think that's kind of funny. However, despite an official law enforcement investigation, the identities and motives they still remain a mystery. An FCC official quoted soon after the intrusion that the perpetrators faced a maximum of $100,000 fine and up to a year in prison. However, there's a five-year statute of limitations and that was surpassed in 1992. So the persons responsible no longer face criminal punishment. Given the statute of limitations and the fact that it's passed, I'm really surprised that no one anywhere is talking about this. You just know that so many people probably know what happened. They have names, they have dates, they have locations. I'm just surprised that no one is talking about this. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode and got a great chuckle out of it. I couldn't pass up doing this episode. Check back for more forgotten events. Good night.